Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright idea. We're talking coffee. Clutch Coffee. Some of you probably know Clutch Coffee. It's such a cool brand. It's such a cool name. Um, there's actually a story behind the name that I, I uh, learned in my research for today's podcast. I can't even wait um, to dive in. Uh, Darren Spicer's on, co-founder and CEO. Darren, so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thanks for having me on and happy Friday. I know, man. It's so good to see you and talk to you. And um, I mean, I just, I, I'm excited about this category right now. It, it feels like it's really... Um, and that didn't feel it is the numbers show that this category is booming. Um, there's so much interest in it. Um, you guys have taken a unique approach to it. I can't even wait to um, explore that with you. So let's do this. Um, for those that may not know clutch coffee bar. Um, how about share a little bit about what clutch is and a little bit about your story and your background. Yeah. Happy to man. So clutch coffee bar has been around for just over five years. Uh, we are born and raised in the Carolinas, if you will. Um, so a little bit, a little over five years ago, uh, we have uh, seven locations right now. Um, we'll open up number eight and number nine this summer, but uh, but pretty focused on staying in the in the Carolinas right now. And uh, yeah, man, it was uh, I've had a love affair with coffee, but even more importantly, I think uh, the loss of customers and able to connect with people is probably what drives me the most and what inspired me to to start it. Um, so, you know, I worked in coffee when I was uh, a little bit younger, um, and then went into the, to the real world, got an adult job or so I thought, and then uh, I just kept pulling me back, uh, of wanting to do this and having this passion. So, um, we, we went for it and, and, uh, you know, left behind some very promising things to, to take <laughs> to the open and jump and start clutch. All right. So I, I was I was telling you before we hit record, I, as I was researching you and your background, I'm like, okay, I don't see coffee. I don't see beverage. Um, and then you clarified, <laughs> you know, like I'm just saying like, or even like food service or hospitality. So I was like, okay, I got to get into like how you got into this and then share share some of what your background was around co- coffee. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was, uh, I got into coffee initially when I was a senior in high school, I became a barista. And it's funny because like I worked inside, I worked at a grocery store before that, and there was a kiosk for a brand there inside the the grocery store, right? And there's all these uh, you know attractive girls that are working there, and their tip (laughs) jar is just overflowing. (laughs) And I'm I'm like pushing carts and bagging groceries. I'm like, this is miserable. Like that looks way more fun. And so I just asked one day, I'm like, what do I have to do to get a job here? And the girl was super friendly, you know, helped refer me and ended up getting an opportunity to, to do that. And I mean, that was amazing. That was like the best thing ever. Um, so I did that and I worked as a barista in college um, for a couple of different concepts. Um, one of them you might know with, with Dutch bros. Um, and so I, I spent some time there and uh, uh, you know, after graduating, um, you know, went and got, I, I went to school for sports marketing. Uh, and so I went Got a big boy job, uh, or so I thought. Worked in professional sports. Uh, then I got into outdoor or outside sales, I should say. A little bit of everything with like seafood sales and some different stuff. And coffee just kept pulling me back. Like I really wanted to do it. So at one point uh, in my career, this was my mid to late twenties. Um, I was doing medical device sales full time, like 
crushing that, having a great time. While also I went back to Dutch Bros and was managing one of their new locations in California because I, that's what you had to do to franchise. Um, they ended up changing their structure and the franchise opportunity went away. Totally fine. Um, and that just kind of pushed me to, to want to start my own and, and do it. So that's, that's kind of where we went for it with clutch, uh, back in 2017. Wow. Um, it's no small feat to go launch a brand um, and, and to launch a product. Let's just start with a product that you're then going to sell, let's say online or on e marketplace or in, in a store. But you guys have like locations. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's capital infrastructure costs. You've got seven of them with a cu- couple more coming. Like, so what was the early days like? Was it focused on the product or on like the like on getting a location launched? How did you think about that? Yeah, the answer is kind of all the above, but I think the biggest thing was sticking true to what we knew was success would be successful. And while while it might appear on the surface like, "Hey, hey, we sell coffee," that's the business we're in. Honestly, we're in the relationship business more than anything. And especially with drive-through coffee, you have customers that become your regulars that are Monday through Friday, and it's a relationship, right? Um, And it's it's a mind blowing thing for them when you remember their order or their name and you greet them by that, that just is a, it's not something you're going to get respectfully, probably at Starbucks, Dunkin', some of the bigger, bigger brands. And so um, we just focused so much on that. The quality was super important. The roaster we work with is dynamite. They are fantastic. Delanos, giving them a shout out uh, out of Washington state. Um, And so we, we, you know, we focus on the quality, on the service, and then the speed, how fast can we get you caffeinated and on your way? And, and that was the focus for the first few years to really build it. We're now starting to spread our wings with having some systems to be able to to grow. And we'll go from five stores to 10 this year and then from 10 to 20 next year. Wow. Amazing. And so what makes the – is it the product that you're trying to differentiate on or the the experience of getting it quickly Like as you think about that? I think it's I think it's both of those things and a little bit more, right? Um, every brand is is unique, uh, and for us, the biggest thing we tell our employees and our, our baristas is is to be you and to be genuine, uh, because you're going to build those relationships and with with customers, and, and it ends up opening doors for them too, right? They end up getting uh, other opportunities for that, and maybe it's in a field they want to pursue, or um, you know, maybe it's they want to get a new car, and they end up, you know meeting someone that owns a car dealership down the street and, you know, those kinds of things. So, but it's really, we focused on the relationships and, um, and being unique in that customer service. Um, you know, we do something that uh, we didn't necessarily invent this component, but it is on the, on the front front line and front end of customer service where we'll have runners that are outside, um, similar to Chick-fil-A where they might be stacked taking your order, right? You pull up and they're there. Our runners are dynamic and we'll actually, actually work down the line and they might be six, seven, 10 cars back taking those orders to get that in faster so that our operation flows even more efficiently. Um, sure. So that was a huge focus, the, the speed, um, that customer experience, which I just think is so critical. Um, and then uh, the, you know, the quality has to be there as well. Sure. No doubt. No good. If you don't have a good product, people won't return. Um, or if you have bad service, they won't return. But, um, okay. So for those in the North Carolina area, Greensboro, Mooresville, Winston-Salem, another Mooresville location in Williams and Clemens, uh, North Carolina, Rock Hill is now open in South Carolina, Columbia. Um, of course, hotspot on uh, South Carolina and two more coming Taylors in Lexington. So um, interesting strategy. Obviously, someone has coached you guys on um, building out a kind of footprint and I'd say energy 
around an, a geography and then growing from there, a la some other chains um, in the food service industry. But you guys didn't know that, right? I mean, did you have to lean into others to help you with your strategy for that? Like, what did that look like? And then your branding is amazing. Like, how did you find the, the support to figure all that out? Yeah, I, I think a lot of that comes to, back to relationships as well. The I'll be candid and tell you that uh, early on with our growth strategy, we kind of had a, a mentality of like, what is available in certain... You know, we had certain areas we wanted to target, but what was available, we've since reverse that process to say, where do we want to be? Right. And we need to go there, which I think is, is really interesting. Key. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we, I candidly, I wish we had more locations closer to our first two that we opened up in Mooresville, just because we have the, the longest track record of brand awareness there. And we're working on, on getting some more in that general vicinity. Um, but no, and we just really saw an opportunity across both the Carolinas to be, to be completely honest that, um, it's just underserved from a drive-through coffee perspective. Uh, I grew up in Oregon on the West Coast, and drive-through coffee is literally every other corner, like everywhere. It's right? <laughs> so saturated, and uh, yeah, and it just it hasn't for all of the drive-through concepts that are in the South and in the Carolinas. Coffee just hasn't become super super prevalent yet. It's it's coming, and we're part of that. Uh, but uh, sure. yeah, we just really wanted to focus on some key spots. No, that's really cool. Um, and like I said, great branding, uh, great color scheme, get kind of really catchy. Um, how have you built brand awareness? Have you had to do marketing and advertising either locally or nationally, or is it word of mouth? Like, how did you get the word out when it's like, hey, we're new, we're clutch coffee, uh, we're open over here? Like, how did you, how did that start? Yeah. So the biggest thing is just it, there's there's the three C's of clutch. There's customer, culture, and community, and that community aspect is huge. So really getting into every community we're in as fast as we can. And that takes a lot of different shapes and forms. Um, it, it involves supporting local schools. So generally when we open up a new location in the first week, we'll do a give back day where we donate a hundred percent of whatever we would normally make that day to the school. Um, it involves taking, uh, doing, doing coffee drop-offs to teachers, to first responders, um, just really showing, not just walking the walk, uh, talking about, but walking in as well and being part of the community and showing that we want to be uh, a force for good there. So that combined with word of mouth is huge, right? Like if you find a really great coffee spot or a sandwich shop, you're going to tell people, or if it's not good, you'll be like, Oh, don't go over there. Um, right. So I think word of mouth was, was huge on letting people know like, Oh man, you've got to check out clutch. They're better than, you know, wherever I normally go. Um, and the service is, is so great. And so I, we take a lot of pride in, in that aspect. And, and then a lot of, you know, grassroots and gorilla, gorilla marketing. It's, it's funny to look back now, like, cause I have been more or less involved in the, on the marketing side since day one. And what you thought you knew back then is, uh, miles away from what we know now. Um, so continuing to improve and involve with every store to make that store, you know, the best opening that we've done yet. Got it. That's amazing. Um, and what a cool, I, I love the three C's. That's a, that's a great way to kind of, you know, what's great about that is for any new team member that you hire, it's easy to remember, right? And it's easy to kind of get them hooked into the vision of what you guys are all about. Um, okay. So as you've grown, what have been the biggest challenges? Uh, what, as you, as you've tried, as you've expanded, as you develop new locations and whatnot, has it been people? Has it been kind of the infrastructure of what goes in the location? Has it been I don't know, funding? Like, what does that look like for you guys? Yeah, I, people People are the greatest um, 
they're the greatest asset I think that a business can have. Um, and, and that directly ties into your culture. So finding the right people, um, when we first started, nobody knew us, right. Cause we didn't, we didn't exist yet. I, I remember sitting in our store interviewing people, pitching them like the vision for what we're doing. And, and, you know, they're like, well, do we have to wear a headset and an apron? I'm like, no, that's not what we, you know, and they're like, like <laughs> right. trying to wrap their mind around. This is not, yeah, this is not normal, like drive-through. So uh, people is, is definitely huge and finding the right leaders. We're hitting a growth pattern now where um, our bench, you know, uh, and growing people internally really matters because we're going to be opening, you know, locations that are going to create opportunities for people to, to elevate and grow. So I think people for sure um, is a challenge. And just you're, you're talking about managing um, primarily a younger demographic in a brick and mortar location. Uh, and that sounds about as uh as exciting as it is it is in terms of all the things that can happen um but uh, but it's also an opportunity for us to teach uh life skills that they'll take beyond clutch if they go somewhere else and so we take that we take that very seriously um i would say growth wise like in terms of challenges is is nailing down the strategy and we're very clear about it now uh we weren't for a while we kind of were bumbling around a bit which you know can happen in the early days of a of a startup um, but finding the right locations and then, you know, uh, getting better at, 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 uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes things, right. With leases and making sure you're signing things that don't put you in sticky spots later. Um, so, you know, learning some things there, uh, and, and making, you know, making some mistakes along the way, which you kind of have to do. Um, so I, I would say those are, those are probably the biggest thing be in terms of like growth capital, um, as you mentioned at the beginning of the, of the show, coffee is hot. Like that's, and that's not a bad dad joke. Like it really no. is. Like it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's true. Like the category it's, <laughs> it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, and, and so like, if, if we're executing the right way at, at each of our locations, it, there's a lot of interest, um, you know, around that, uh, we're actually doing a kind of a, a, a series a right now to continue to grow. And, and okay. so, um, I don't think there's, you know, the, we got to make sure we're buttoned up, um, but uh, but a lot of interest there. And now it's just now that we have a model and a plan, it's it's taking that model and looking to to scale that to scale it. And then, how do you think about um, company owned versus franchise locations? I'm sure you guys have thought about this, or at least had some dialogue on it. Um, some strategies for those that don't right for so for those that are not in the food service or franchise space you know, think of restaurants or like Batteries Plus or other, you know, kind of retail stores where there's a chain, you have to decide, are, is the company going to own all those stores? And and the, there's a plus to that and, and a challenge to that. And we can talk about the pros and cons. Or do you want to allow others, individuals, can Justin Hahnemann, you know, take a clutch and go franchise it, you know, and I own it, but then I pay a fee and whatnot all on top of it. So uh, how have you guys thought about that? Yeah, so I'll, I'll answer that in a chronological fashion. So when we first opened in the first couple of years, we had quite a few inquiries of people wanting to franchise. And we resisted that pretty heavily, um, mostly just because we wanted to protect the brand value and culture. And we had heard or seen indirectly or directly, um, you know, other entities where, you know, it might, it might look lucrative on the front end with the franchising structure, but, uh, you know, someone just kind of parks their money there and doesn't really put the effort and the, and the uh, sweat totally. equity into it. And then your brand is diluted. So we resisted that pretty heavily up front. Um, and then as time went on, you know, we looked and explored and said, okay, well, if we have the right systems and the right leadership, could this be something we do? Um, at one point in the last 
six months, we even had um, a billion dollar family office try to buy us outright because they wanted to just wow. take it and and, and, and open up like with probably it. yeah, well, and franchise it, franchise it. Um, and we kicked the tires and looked at it, and 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 at the end of the day, um, we also wanted to make sure we didn't grow too fast to where you lose that culture, right? And now it's just a numbers game, and you're not actually providing the value that you promised to your customers. So um, where we kind of landed was. Um, it's something that could be a possibility in the future. Right now we're focused on company owned stores just because I think we have a really good model set up. Um, and so, and look, but looking to put people in leadership positions that we can pr- try to provide some, some skin in the game for them. Um, so it's not a, a true franchise, if you will, but a, a chance for them to benefit from their direct, uh, hard work on stores. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of franchise operators that, well, I shouldn't say franchise, uh, store operators that offer like a licensing agreement for those that are listening where you don't really own the location, but it's kind of licensed to you to run. And, but here's, I mean, there's all kinds of pros and cons. I mean, but from a brand perspective, you know, you get to keep, you, you make sure the store is the way you want it. You ensure that the talent and staff there are the way you'd want, it. you know, like is a, a, when you have a company owned location, it's just, you have more control over it. So, um, we can spend a whole yep. podcast episode on that. <laughs> um, okay, so keys to growth. So the next six to eighteen months is it obviously opening a couple new locations? Do you guys add any new products at all, or is it more just continue to grow locations? Yeah, no, it's both. Um, so yeah, the locations uh, we're excited about basically, like I said, doubling this year and then doubling again next year. Uh, we have added some new products, which are exciting. Um, we just launched on June first. We launched refreshers. Um, okay. which are really cool. And there's some unique flavors that aren't available anywhere else currently. So those have been, uh, well-received so far and categorically have, have been around, you know, I think Starbucks really did a job of proving out, uh, the sustainability of, of that. So we launched, we launched our own version of refreshers. Um, and then we actually, uh, it, it unofficially launched last week, but we'll do a kind of a bigger marketing campaign around it in July. Um, but we just went to a new smoothie line, which I'm really excited about because the flavors are phenomenal and uh, they are 100% juice. Now, the smoothies Got we it. did before, and I'll, I'll just tell you, like, spoiler alert, most of the industry that's doing smoothies, they have a ton of added sugar. Um, and, like, anytime a customer asks how much sugar is in there, it pains me to press send on that email oh. because it's aggressive. Uh, so aggressive. we just switched. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we switched to a new a new line that's 100% juice with nothing added to it, which I feel really good about serving um, and the qualities yeah. there. And so, uh, yeah, so that's really exciting. And there'll be some more things, you know, coming down the line. We we created the Muscle Mocha, which is this was inspired by my wife, who said, "Hey, I'm tired of having to drink a coffee and a protein shake every morning. Figure out a way to fuse that." Uh, and so we did, and so we've got that as one of our signature items as well. Got it. That's really cool. Um, and amazing to see how that growth is happening for you guys. Um, what about from a team perspective? Uh, you, you say co-founder. Tell us about the structure. Other founder or founders? Like, What does it look like and how have you grown over time? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So there were three of us that co-founded the company together um, when we opened back in 2018. Um, since that time, and we, we, we all had different skill sets that we thought were complementary uh, to work together. Um, since that time, uh, one of the co-founders is, is no longer active in the business, um, still retains a, an ownership share, but is no longer active. And then the third co-founder um, remains active in a, in a lesser degree. He still has a day job, 
um, on Wall Street. So he's he's spread pretty thin, um, but is still active and uh, uh, just in a, in a smaller role. Um, and so we just we've added a lot of layers of leadership, which I think is is exciting. Um, we brought on a new COO in the fall um, who you know spent 15 years in a COO role um, in another another sector. Uh, and just brings a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, our VP of finance came from Restaurant Brands International, uh, and he is incredibly talented. And um, yeah, just it's exciting to start to build a, a team that you know inspires you as much as you hope to inspire them. I love that. Totally true. Uh, the name Clutch. Yeah, yeah, there's a cool story I read about um, where it came from, but share that with our audience. I'm sure many are wondering, like, Clutch Coffee. I like the name. It's very catchy, you know, Clutch. Um, but talk about where it came from. Yeah. So I'm a huge sports fan. And when a player steps up and delivers in crunch time, you know, they are in essence clutch. clutch. Um, ah. Yeah. So I want to be that. I want to be that for our customers every single day. And so whether that's on your way to work, whether that's going to, you know, your kids practice later in the day, or you're going to that third shift, whatever it is, I want us to, to provide that energy, uh, both, you know, physically and mentally um, and be clutch for you. I love it. So cool. Um, last but not least, I love to ask our, our guests some of their biggest lessons learned. Uh, you're five, around five years in. you got growth in front of you. we got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our podcast. What would be two or three things you'd offer to them as you're thinking about you know some, some things that you've gone through that didn't work or things that did work? Uh, that's, a, that's, that's a great question. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? No. Yeah, you uh, can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my, so my first one Usually is, people don't is, ask. It just happens. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta be respectful here. Um, so the first one is, uh, map out your plan very, very thoroughly, be very detail oriented and be very specific and then be prepared for that plan to go to shit. Uh, so build out, what is your backup plan? What is your second, you know, what is your second plan? What's your third plan? Um, because inevitably things will go off. Uh, you know, nothing ever goes exactly as you, as you script it. So, uh, I, I think being, being prepared for that, um, being able to be very flexible and dynamic and and grow as the business evolves, you know, there are certain things I've had to let go of or or take a different approach to. But you have to be dynamic because the the marketplace is shifting. You know, society. I mean, we went through COVID, right? And and different things happen. You have to be able to be to be dynamic there. Um, and, and then I think the the other biggest thing in terms of like what we've learned is just I, I really believe in. Uh, trying to be as exemplary of a model as you can for for your team, whether you are part of a team, whether you're leading a team, whether you aspire to lead a team, um, bring the bring the juice every day and and be a, a positive force um, because it, you know it's easy for negativity to spread, but you can also uh, impact people in a positive way and you can can spread in a in a pretty cool way. Man, I love that. That's totally on board with you on that, man. I I love it. I think it can make a big it attitude and approach make a big difference um in any environment man so great having you here darren spicer co-founder and ceo clutch coffee um you can check them out at clutchcoffeebar.com uh you can find a location of course carolinas are the, your home run spot but you go you could go check out all about their brand and whatnot on the site darren so great to have you with us on the podcast you got to come back on as you guys keep growing i mean i i think cool brand cool name cool um like everything like just just very catchy and i'm excited to see where you guys go and hope you'll come back and share more with us down the road i appreciate it justin lock, lock me in for episode 1000 let's let's run them back <laughs> Dude, that'll be like only a year from now or something. Yes, you're in. <laughs> All right, Love man. It. 
Thanks for being here. Thanks, man. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional Contender Cast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs> <laughs>